Dunwich Horror by H.P. Lovecraft, Gorgons and Hydras, and Scimitars, Diestroys of Simnano and the Harpies. May we produce themselves in the brain of superstition. But they were there before. They are transcript types. The archetypes are in us and internal. How else should the, the recital that which we know in a waking sense to be false came to affect us at all? It is, is it that we naturally conceive terror from such objects, considered in their capacity being able to inflict upon us bodily injury? Or at least of all, these terrors are older standing, they date beyond body, without the body, they would have been the same. That kind of fear, here treated, is purely spiritual. It is strong in proportion as it, objects, it is objectless on earth, that it predominates in the period of our sinless infancy, our difficulties in the solution, or which might afford some profitable insight into anti-mundane condition, a peep at least into the shadowland of pre-existence, Charles Lamb, witches and other night fears. 1. When a traveller in north-central Massachusetts takes the wrong fork at the junction of Ellsbury Pike, just beyond Dean's Corners, he came upon a lonely and curious country. The ground gets higher, and the bare, boarded stone walls press closer and closer against the ruts of the dusty, curving road. The trees of the frequent forest belts them so too large, and the wild weed, brambles and grasses attain a luxuriance not often found in settled regions. At the same time, the planted fields appear singularly few and barren, those sparsely scattered houses wear surprising, surprising uniform aspect of age, squalor, in deep Population. Without knowing why, one hesitates to ask directions from the gnarled, solitary figures spied now and then on the crumbling doorsteps of sloping rock strewn meadows. Those figures are so silent and furtive that one feels somehow confronted by forbidden things with which it would be better to have nothing to do. When a rise in the road brings the mountains in view above the deep woods, the feeling of strange uneasiness is increased. The summits are too rounded and symmetrical to give a sense of comfort and naturalness, and sometimes the sky silhouettes with especially clearness and queer circles of tall stone pillars which might which most of the, them are crowned. Gorges and ravines of probability depth intercept away and cooled wooden bridges always seem of dubious safety when the road slip dips again through stretches of marshland that one distinctly dislikes indeed so much fears that evening when unseen well poor wheels chatter and the fireflies come out in abnormal profusion to dance and roaches creepily insistent rhythms of strily piping bullfrogs the thin shining line and misatonics upper reaches 
as an old least serpent like suggestion as it win winds close to the foot close to the feet of the domed hills among which it rises. As the hills draw nearer, one heaves their wooden sides more than their stone crowned tops. Those sides loom up so darkly and precipitously that one wishes they would keep their distance, but there's no road by which to escape them. Across a covered bridge one sees a small village huddled between the stream and the vertical slope around mountain, and one is a cluster of rotting, rotting gable roofs, speaking an early archaeological period when one of neighbouring than that of neighbouring region. It's not reassuring to see a closer glance that most of the houses are deserted, falling to ruin, that the broken steeples church now harbours one severally mercantile establishment of the hamlet. One dreads to trust the tremorous tunnel of the bridge, yet there is no way to avoid it. Once across it is hard to prevent the impression of a faint Malayan odour about the village street, as of the mass mould and decay of centuries. It is always a relief to get clear of the place, and to follow the narrow road around the base of the hills, across the level land, beyond till it rejoins the Elvesbury Pike. Afterward one, afterward one sometimes learns that one has been through Dunwich. Outside his visit Dunwich as seldom as possible, since a certain season of horror, all the signboards pointed towards it have been taken down. Serenely judged by any ornery is Theophic canon is more than commonly beautiful, yet there is no influx of artists or summer tourists. Three centuries ago, the talk of war, war witch blood, Satan worship, and strange forest presences were not laughed at. There was a custom to give reasons for avoiding the locality. In our sensible age, since the Dunwich horror of 1928 was hushed up by those who had the, the towns of world welfare at heart. People shun it without knowing exactly why. Perhaps one reason, though it cannot we, it cannot rely, apply to uninformed strangers, is that natives are now repentantly decadent, having gone far along the path of retrogression so common in many New England backwaters. They have come to form a race by themselves. The well-defined mental and physical stigma the degradancy and inbreeding. The average of their intelligence is woeful, low, whilst the animals reek of avert viciousness, and half for hidden murders, murders, incest, and deeds of almost unnameable violence and perversity. The old gentry representing the two or three Almagricturous families, which came from Saint Salem in sixteen ninety two have kept somewhat above the general level of decay, but many branches have sunk into the solid populace so deeply only in a name remains a key to the origin of their disgrace. Some of the Watleys and Bishops do send their eldest sons of Harvard and Miss Tonic, though those sons seldom return to mouldering gamble roofs, under which they had an they and their ancestors were born. No one, even those who will have the facts concerning recent horror, can say 
just that what it is the matter matter with Dunwich. Though old legends speak of unhallowed rites and concaves of Indians, myths which they, they called forbidden shapes of shadow out the great rounded hills, made all wild elastic prayers, whilst by loud crackling and rumbling to the ground below. In 1747, the Reverend Amadjaya Holdley newly came to the Congregual Church of Dunwich Village, preached a memorial sermon on the close premise of Satan and his imps, in which he said, It must be allowed that these blasphemies of the infernal, the train of demons or matters of too, too common knowledge, deny the cursed voices of Azrael and Bezrael, Beelzebub and Barela, being heard from underground by above a score of credible, credible witnesses now living, I myself did not know, did not more than a fortnight ago catch a very plain discourse the evil powers in the hill behind my house, wherein there was a rattling and rolling, growling, screeching and hissing, such as no thing on this earth can rise up which must needs have come from their caves. Only black magic can discover, only the devil unlock. Mr. Hawley disappeared soon, delivering his sermon, but the text printed in Springfield is still extant. Noises and heels continue to be reported from year to year, and still form a puzzle to genealogists and physiographers. Of traditions tell of foul, other traditions tell of foul odours near the hill, crowning up circles of stone pillars, a rushing airy presence could be heard faintly at certain hours from startled point, from stated points at the bottom of the ravines, while still others try to explain the devil's hop yard, a bleak blasted hillside, where no tree, shrub, or grassland will grow. Then too, the natives are mortally afraid of numerous. Willowpools, which grow vocal on warm nights, it's vowed the birds of psychotrop folks lying in wait for the souls of dying at their time and their time their eerie cries in unison to suffer a struggling breath. If they can catch the fleeing soul that leaves the body, they instantly flutter away, twittering in demonic, demonic laughter. They fail, they subside gradually. It's a disappointed silence. He tells, of course, are obsolete and ridiculous because they come down from very old times, done which is deed ridiculously old, older by far than any the, the community within thirty miles of it. South of the village, one may still spy the cellar walls and chimney of the ancient bishop house, which is built before 1700, which, whilst ruins of the mill at the falls, built in 1806, for the most modern piece of architecture to be seen. Industry did not flourish here. A 19th century factory movement proved short-lived. Oldest of all were the great rings of the rough-hewn stone columns on the hilltops. They, these are more generally interpreted to Indians and settlers. Deposits skulls and bones found within the circles around the sizable table like rock and Central Hill sustained the popular belief that such spots, such spots were once a burial place, a poor comatux, 
even though many ethnologists disregarding disregarding their absurd improbability of such a theory persist in believing a means cust- Kuru Serezian 